0: thanks for checking out this podcast from swgfl we're here to help teachers and education professionals support children and young people in all that they do online just to avoid any confusion in autumn of 2022 we branded our podcasts as interface this is actually one of our older episodes from before the big rebrand so it might sound a little bit different however there's still the same top quality advice and expert support throughout we hope you enjoy this episode
1: Welcome to this Safeguarding Children online podcast brought to you by SWGFL. Welcome to the SWGFL podcast. The free definitive guide, helping educators keep young people and yourselves safe online. I'm Jess McBeth, and I'm joined here today with two people. First of all, all, we have David Wright, Director of the UK Safer Internet Centre at SWGFL. Hello, David. Uh,
0: Hello, Jess. Hello. Hello,
2: everyone.
1: Hello, hello. And also Ken Corrish, Online Safety Director at SWGFL. Hi, Ken.
2: Hi, Jess. Hi, everyone.
1: Hello. So uh, we all work at SWGFL partner of the UK Safer Internet Centre, a world leader in online child safety, advising schools, charities, governments, and tech providers around the globe. Welcome. Today, we're going to talk about safeguarding within remote learning. Okay, so let's set the scene. You've um, you set up the technology, you've sent people home with a schoolwork pack, you've talked to parents, um, you're all ready to think about uh, remote teaching in these unusual times. So, where does safeguarding fit within all of that? Ken, what are your thoughts about that?
2: Oh, wow. Yes. And, and whilst we all, we're all focusing on the technology and getting the technology right, um, safeguarding very often gets overlooked in these spaces. And actually, I would say where safeguarding sits is right at the planning stage. It's an important co- uh, component of, uh, of, of any activity with children and young people. And if you think about it, these new ecosystems, these new environments that we're creating uh, for children to carry on learning and for teachers and and experts to carry on teaching are equally as important and have a whole set of risks around them as much as the physical environments that children are part of in school. So I would say right at the start, safeguarding should be at the heart of your planning when you're beginning to uh, structure these ecosystems from the start.
1: So, what kind of what kind of things are you thinking about when when you say it should be part and parcel of it? What would be some example issues, perhaps, that an educator should be wary about thinking about? So,
0: well, so if, if if I'm uh, sorry, sorry, Ken, if if I may, Jess, uh, I think and so to add on to just what um, uh, Ken was saying there, clearly we've had a lot. There's been a huge amounts of of conversation and talk, particularly online, in schools up and down, not just the country, but probably. Uh, across the globe uh, around moving all this that they're teaching they're learning online how we can kind of continue in the face of the the uh the, the challenge that the uh, COVID-19 is actually introducing to everybody and as Ken said you know I, th- I think we, we've seen lots of in- innovation going on and lots of um uh, ideas and to, to move all this um teaching and learning online but it is as, he, as, as Ken said it, considerations need to be made for safeguarding we're going to be venturing into spaces um rightly uh, and innovative spaces as well but but we need to bear in mind and have consideration and due regard to uh, to, to safeguarding so um i mean kind of some headlines I, I think in terms of answering coming back to your your question Jess, thinking about um you know, so how we manage personal data you're going to have potentially children um, uh, in uh, in in homes, uh, your, whether it's your classroom, the children in homes, um, so their environment that they're in. Uh, how you're going to manage that environment? Uh, how you're going to manage personal data? Um, so if they are accessing using personal accounts, how that's going to be managed? So there's there's all sorts of uh, of issues that that need some some thinking about in terms of how that's going to be um, uh, effectively uh, managed. Everybody still has safeguarding and child protection obligations, um, whether they're online or whether they're not. So uh, they, they all need uh, bearing in mind, not least if this if the school policy is actually um, accommodates actually doing this uh, as well. So there needs to be some some thinking around the, the scope and the, uh, the coverage of, uh, of school policies in terms of both protecting children and staff. Um in this um rather unusual situation that we find ourselves in,
1: yeah, so what do you think? I suppose as educators we'll we'll be used to thinking about safeguarding within you know the school environment, and I guess that's almost now become very much part and parcel of everything that an educator does within a school environment is thinking about the safeguarding element to it. But I suppose there is that element of 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 not really we've we've rushed so much, haven't we, towards using the technology. And um, and it's it feels like it's really in response to current situation, and it also feels like it's this idea that we often have, which will, which is that tech will provide all the solutions for us. You know, we've got a problem, there's a tech solution to it. Um, and I do worry that actually safeguarding is just not not part and parcel. It's not something that's being that's being recognised.
2: So as as an organisation, Southwest Grid have been at the heart of shaping a lot of safeguarding strategy online for both government and for, you know, uh, you know, separately schools. But I think, and, and, uh, and we understand that this stuff isn't just about technology. It's about the behaviors around that technology and that most of the issues that arise, particularly the ones that we gear schools up to deal with happen, happen beyond the actual school physical environment itself, essentially, What we're trying to do now is to move the school population online. And yet, and we think it's something new, but actually, in reality, that school population, that school audience, when they leave the school gates and go home in the evening, very often are carrying on in their interactions. It just hasn't before involved a sort of formal approach and involved teachers. You know, very often we hear that the, the, the people, children, young people game with are the people that they've just left 10 minutes ago. And they've gone back online and carried on their interaction with them so and 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 we understand too the safeguarding issues that can arise from those online spaces and it's how we how we continue to manage behavior and shape people uh, uh, children and young people's learning and keep them safe as well and remember this just isn't about children and young people this is about the staff themselves they 're going to be in an environment where managing behavior and ensuring behavior is maintained and is safe behavior is going to be different it 's going to be something that is, uh, it, it is, is not what they used to so so giving some, some advice right at the start about how to have simple sets of rules and strictures and expectations in place before you even begin to get a technical solution i think is is critical to the success. of 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 that
1: yeah it strikes me that one of the areas that we need to look at generally in online safety is how do we um create more inclusive communities right a lot of the problems that we have online are that we have communities that become quite toxic and we maybe need to put more effort into how do we all work together to create the kind of online communities that are you know that reflect the values that we want to see because at the moment for some reason, when we go online, we can act in a very different way than what we would do face to face. So it is, I would suggest, a real challenge for educators about creating an online c- space and a community that's going to be supportive for the young people that they work with as-, as well as themselves. When actually, at the moment, that isn't the modus operandi of what we have online, right? Pe- people are not actually Particularly
2: great to each other online. No, I would I would argue against that. Actually, it depends yeah. where you are. Yeah, I I find online communities on the whole, apart from the odd individual, as in life, really supportive and and really good at self policing. And actually, I think we're underestimating the ability of children and young people to adjust within those environments when they're in a collective environment online. Uh, I, yeah. I, I I don't know whether, whether David's seen this, but within gaming communities particularly, they're really good at self-policing and dealing with behavior, you know, except and, – and, and they're generally unmoderated forums. So, so perhaps it might be easier than we think to have someone, a teacher who's moderating a live session, to have a lot more control than they think they can within these spaces, particularly if children bring – that positive online culture with them and yes I agree there are going to be issues uh, in dealing with people who want to mess around and disrupt but isn't that isn't that sort of behavior management that teachers and educators face in school as well
0: it, it is yeah. I, th- I think um so that's the, if, if there is an interactive element to the to the the chosen platform or the platform that you want to use in terms of engaging a, a class and that, Let's let's go down that route for a moment because clearly there are other technologies as available as well. But it's the the ability and the tool set um, to be able to manage individuals. So whether you can actually um, uh, manage access, so whether that's microphone or video um, for, for each individual kind of participant, and, and I imagine that the, that will be part of the, the learning curve as well for not just for, for children but also for m- members of staff. I know we, we've run webinars and run training sessions online for years. Um, and it, it's often a, a challenge to start with in terms of making sure the technology uh, actually works. For you. Now I appreciate that's not necessarily safeguarding, but um, in terms of effective online um, training and um, learning and participation, there's an important element to, to behavior there as
2: well and making sure that everyone
0: can actually participate uh, yeah. in, in the right way. Yeah,
2: and, and, and that's a vulnerability actually for someone who is leading one of these online lessons it's the equivalent of you know trying to get the overhead projector started with you back to the class for five minutes and everything's kicking off behind you I think I think you've got to be really confident in how you manage those spaces and I think that's a gap and it's a, a little bit of a worrying gap in our rush to go and and jump straight into uh, live interactive engagement with students online which is why really I think, if you're starting out on this and it's a new path for you as a school or as an educator or a teacher, that we, we, we prefer the more asynchronous and passive methods of engagement, first of all, just to build some confidence. So being able to set work uh, in platforms that allow young people to access that and allow you to give feedback uh, asynchronously is usually a good start because you can build your confidence, you can build your engagement relationships. Uh, with students or indeed just simple broadcast met- uh, messages so moving some of the lessons or lectures that you would have given to pupils and students uh, onto a video broadcasting platform like you know YouTube or Facebook live it's um, and, and let people access them from there there's lots of different ways I think and strategies to skin this cat without risking uh, huge potential safeguarding issues.
0: Uh, just to, to add as well, um so we, we've been thinking quite a lot about this and so produce some guidance, um uh, which is a um a collection of the in thinking from the entire team. So swgfl.org.uk slash safe remote learning, which will take through take you through to the, the guidance um together with um a just a sort of information flyer with some headlines about things to think about, which is most much of the things that we've already actually talked about are sort of being included there, but there's there's a, a few extra uh, bits of detail in there with perhaps um, some signposts, particular services, uh, as as well as prompts, uh, as well as um, useful uh, links to policy statements. I think that might you might either need or or should get in- encompassed into and integrated into your existing um, online safety or acceptable usage uh, uh, policies. Um, a, a whole range of things, particularly to do with, uh, which branches into the kind of the more the logistics than safeguarding. But who who's going to provide you with technical support? Have uh, staff and children got the necessary technology and access at home to make sure they can participate in the way that you you actually want
2: to? Yeah, um, and, but, and Jess, I was going to say just just to add to that, I think our role right now at the moment, at the start of what could be a long journey for most is to flag up that there are safeguarding concerns uh, that they need to consider along with just the technical stuff. And uh, as David said, that site flags those up in a really nice and easy to access and assimilate flyer um, that yeah. already the, the educators have been sharing around social media and Twitter to say, actually, you know, as part of this process, what about thinking about these things? And, uh, you know, in, in in every case I've ever thought of safeguarding Trump's your your ability, you know, to to do something, it should be at the heart of those considerations too, and uh, and not to forget that as an organisation, uh, we we are most of our uh, all of our services are all online. We have um, useful advice services if you could, you know, you want to drop us a line. Plus, we have a number of helplines as well. So, you know, if you do have safeguarding issues uh in 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 your journey in using online technologies with 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 children then we we've got the professionals online safety helpline all the details of those you can contact on the flyer and on the site that david mentioned
1: when you're talking about um the helplines there ken i suppose one of the other aspects to all of this we've we've talked a lot about um I mean, in general terms, it's people staying at home and self-isolating mm-hmm. and, and you're accessing everything mm-hmm. online. And I suppose there is this rising concern about how people are going to cope in that situation. You know, the, the lack of kind of um, social contact directly with people, you know, rubbing shoulders with people. Um, and I, what are your thoughts on that in terms of supporting young people who are feeling perhaps more, you know, isolated? And, and we don't really know how long this is going to last. No. And perhaps same for, for for teachers as well. You know, they as much as anybody else need that kind of support from um, their colleagues, and you know, that they would normally get through through kind of school environment as well. It's going to be quite different.
2: Yeah, isolation. Is you know, this the 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 ideas around self isolation for for many sectors of society, not least of which are are the older members of society as well, who are expected or anticipated to self-isolate for long periods of time, uh, we're going to see a huge rise in online activities and, I think, to online sociality. Plus, there's also the added uh, burden of having a media uh, that is feeding quite serious and, and uh, d- uh, d- uh, frightening messages around, uh, uh, around the coronavirus that impact on people's mental health, well-being, the way they feel, the way, the, the way they anticipate where the next three or four months are going. And all of those things are, 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 are what we deal with when we talk about uh, uh, functioning well in online communities, you know, being critical of which news sources that you rely upon for information. And, uh, and also, you know, the, the the physicality of it all that whilst technology provides us with this amazing conduit into information and leisure and entertainment and education, actually taking regular breaks away from it is also important too. So I yeah, I, I, I can see I can see the whole country gearing up to put huge strain on online services, but also generating problems in itself really
0: and just just I think to if, if I may just to, to add to that you know so we, we are going to see without any doubt, particularly children spending um, even more time online we, we've we've often um, when we see in lots of reports and lots of research trying to quantify the the, the the sorts of activities that that children do online they're inevitably going to do more and so it's uh, would suggest it's even more important around. Uh, whether it's parents um, perhaps now given it's all at home needs to be much more aware um, of of that sort of activity the conversations in exactly the same way that we've been talking about for the last decade plus um, just to keep children not just um, safe but also thinking about that their,
2: their well-being um, uh, as and well their physical health yeah and their physical health too you know uh, I think that this to, to a certain degree, there's, a, there's an irony in all of this when we've been talking about screen time and the amount of children time spent uh, engaged with screens. And yet we see this technology being our one gateway out of self-isolation. And, uh, you know, I, I w- we haven't really anticipated what that means in terms of behaviours after all this is over. And uh, and how we begin to get back and set a foot back into real life and back into the physical world. You know, we're talking about online education as though it's a continuation of, of, of their schooling and that children are going to be really good at it. And we're going to be really good at managing it. But, you know, th- th- that could mean sort of up to 12 hours a day engaged with screen time. And, you know, in the real life, children go to school. And they do get oases of calm away from screens and technology within school on the whole. And yet now we're looking at this being sort of, uh, we don't understand yet what the cumulative effect of this is, but that's what we've got. And that's where technology has stepped into the breach to allow some continuation of, of, uh, you know, for schools to run, to businesses to continue training, for us still to meet with with our nearest and dearest as well.
1: Yeah, it's very much like it's kind of multi-layered, isn't it? You know, you've got, you've got the basic steps of, of a kind of safeguarding um, to follow. and But then it gets into this much broader idea of completely changing how we're living our lives, at least in the in the kind of short term.
2: Yeah, and, 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 the, and the legacy of that. that as well. The legacy of that in how yeah. we, we, we carry on after this crisis is over. But I think in the first instance, it, there is also a delicious irony that that, that we've been considering how important technology is within schools and' seen some schools take decisions to cut back on technology budgets and uh, to cut back on the number of students who register for computing courses uh, to to uh, you know banning mobile phones in schools and now that very technology that we anticipated was distracting away from what we call real teaching and learning is providing the basis, the fundamental foundation for us to continue, Teaching and learning in some way, shape, or form. So there has been a little bit. I think, David, I don't know whether you agree about about disenfranchising away from technology, and to a certain extent, because of that, a little bit of de-skilling around these things. But I've I've, I've always considered that this generation of teachers that we have at the moment are the finest that we've ever had in UK schools. They're adaptable. They're passionate. They care about what happens. And it's testimony to the fact that we're going down this route that teachers want to be able to continue teaching their students. And it's absolutely laudable that they that they're attempting all of these different ways to do so.
1: Fabulous. So um, it's probably time for us to wrap up. We've already mentioned the Safe Remote Learning uh, Webpage, which is available uh, with lots of tips and advice, and policy templates and, and such. Any final comments um, from yourself, David or, or Ken, before we before we finish up? Uh, yeah,
0: just just to, to close. I mean, clearly we're facing some very challenging times, um, uh, and, and like I said at, at the outset, I'm, I'm optimistic, and particularly to do with some of the innovation and some of the ideas and the excitement that that particularly schools are kind of considering to do with technology it will enable. And overcome many of those those challenges, um, but like all these things, and as our perpetual message is just around considerations for for safety, for the, safe, for the safeguarding and the well being uh, of children, and indeed uh, everybody. But it's both a, a positive and things to, to think about uh, as well.
1: Okay. Well, uh, well, should we finish up there? Ken, have you got anything else that you'd like to add?
2: No, only to add, uh, you know, good luck to all the educators who are taking the leap into this new environment um, if, if for the first time, perhaps. And all, all those well-established educators who have been proponents of technology and its use in schools are probably feeling a little bit more vindicated now around that. If you need any help or guidance in shaping some of the things that we've talked about, in terms of policy or practice, or you need staff development around this, uh, drop us a line, give us a call. It's, it's what we do. And uh, and we have a, a hugely varied and expert team on hand to assist you. Uh, so, yeah, get, get in touch with us at Southwest Grid for Learning. We'd be, we'd be delighted and privileged to help you out.
1: Thank you very much, Ken and David. Thank you for listening to this SWGFL podcast. If you found our podcast helpful, please spread the word to your fellow educators. As always, if you have a query about an online safety issue affecting a young person, yourself or your organisation, you can contact the Professionals Online Safety Helpline at helpline at saferinternet.org.uk or by calling 0344 381 4772. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the podcast, don't forget to drop us an email at podcast at swgfl A better internet starts with you. Goodbye. This Safeguarding Children online podcast has been produced by SWGFL. Southwest Grid for Learning is a charity that has specialised in online safety for nearly 20 years and is one of the three partners in the UK Safer Internet Centre. The UK Safer Internet Centre is the national centre and one of 32 European Safer Internet Centres. For more information and terms of use, please visit www.swgfl.org.uk. Thanks for listening.